chapter 7 verse 1 verses 1 to 9 translation Jesus went on to Capernaum there he found a Roman soldier or a Roman military captain centurion who had a beloved servant he want he valued highly and the servant was sick to the point of death. When the captain heard that Jesus was in the city, he sent some respected Jewish elders to plead with Jesus to come and heal his dying servant. Verse 4. And so they came to Jesus and told him, the Roman captain is a wonderful man. If anyone deserves to have a visit from you, it is this man. Won't you please come to his house and heal his servant? For he loves the Jewish people, and he even built our meeting place, that is, our synagogue building for us. Verse 6, Jesus started off with them, but on his way there, he was stopped by the friends of the captain who gave this message. Master, don't bother coming to me in person. For I'm not good enough for you to even enter into my home. I'm not worthy enough to even come out to meet you or to meet one like you. But if you would just release the manifestation of healing right where you are, I know that my young servant will be healed. Unlike you, I am just an ordinary man. Yet I understand the power of authority, and I see that authority operating through you. I understand the power of authority, and I see that authority operating through you. I have soldiers under me who obey my every command. I also have authorities over me whom I likewise obey. So, Master, just speak the word, and healing will flow. Jesus marveled at this. He turned around and said to the crowd who had followed him, listen, everyone, never have I found even one among the people of God, a man like this one who believes so strongly in me. Jesus then spoke the healing word from a distance. When the man's friends returned, to the home, they found the servant completely healed and doing fine. Lord, add a blessing to the reading of your word. Lord, let my speech and my preaching not be with the enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of spirit and power that this congregation's faith will not rest in the wisdom of Brian Green, but in the power of God. 
May the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, give unto us the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. Let the eyes of our understanding be enlightened that we would know the hope of your calling on our lives. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. The thing that strikes me is this ninth verse of Luke 7 when it says, Jesus marveled at this. Jesus marveled at this. And I want to speak to you on the subject this morning, Marvel Characters. Marvel Characters. Uh, you may not realize this, but there are two major publishers of comic books with regards to superheroes. There is DC, that is Detective Comics, Superheroes. Uh, that company started in 1934. How many of you, when you were young, you had comic books? Anybody? Okay. Uh, I won't ask how many of you still do. <laughs> and so the DC or Detective Comic Superheroes started in 1934, and they have uh, Superman, they have Batman, and, of course, they have the latest... Uh, person who they turned the movie into, and that is Wonder Woman. Um, and so I think my image is up there. If it isn't, it well, there she is, Wonder Woman. Uh, and then there are Marvel comics. And they started five years later, 1939. There is Spider-Man. There is... The, yeah, there's Spider-Man, there is Iron Man, there is Thor. Let me see if anybody can guess the next one. No. Storm. Storm. Everybody's like trying to, you all have to give the word of knowledge or something. <laughs> okay. I mean, why would I put up Black Panther anyways? Uh, and of course, there is... Which, of course, some of you who have been tracking, they just tracked, they just crossed the billion-dollar mark when it comes to uh, movies. The, I believe it's the 30th movie in history to pass the billion but I, I want to, so we, we, most of you, how many of you have never seen, okay, I probably listed about, oh my goodness, at least uh, the three and uh, six super characters, which is probably uh, at least eight or nine movies. How many of you have never seen any movies or videos of any of these individuals? Raise your hand. Okay, one. <laughs> okay. So most of you have seen Superman or Batman or, you know, one of these individuals. So they're very popular. But I want to introduce to you a superhero that you probably never seen. I, I want to, and particularly a Marvel super character. I want to introduce you to a Marvel super character who came along long before 1939. And 
this Marvel super character is simply called the Believer. Turn to the person next to you and say, if you're a believer, you're a Marvel super character. You're faster than a speeding bullet. No, that's not Marvel. Jesus, it says, marveled at the believing Roman soldier. The reason why he marveled at this believing Roman soldier is because you've got to understand the culture and how Jesus really was insulting, not myself, reprimanding the Jewish people. The Jewish rabbis prayed this prayer regularly. They prayed to God and they said, God, I thank you that I am not three types of people. I thank you that I'm not a Samaritan. I thank you that I am not a woman. And I thank you that I am not a Gentile. And yet, Jesus is struck. He he marvels at the faith that this, this Gentile, this person who has no religious background when it comes to Jehovah. He knows Jupiter, but he does not know Jehovah. And he, he knows Venus, but he does not know Jehovah. And yet, he exercises more faith than the people who have been walking with God for centuries. Isn't it interesting that people who don't know Jesus Christ can exercise more faith than those of us who sit in these pews? Just looking at the clock right now. Said he marveled. I looked up this word marvel. And what struck me about this word marvel, and this is probably going to be a short message. It, there are three definitions of this word marvel because I, I want Jesus to marvel at me. We sing the song, um, Oh, how marvelous. Oh, how wonderful. Anybody ever heard that, that hymn? Uh, and my song shall ever be. Oh, how marvelous. Oh, how wonderful is my Savior's love for me. We're always talking about our marvel of Jesus. Well, here's a question I want to ask you. Does Jesus marvel at us? This word marvel, it's a Greek word. It means to wonder at. It means to be had in admiration. It, it is, it is a, this, the word marvelous is a Latin word. Uh, and it, and it means, uh, 
something extraordinary. It is the Latin word marabilia, and it means something extraordinary, extraordinary. It, it, it means remarkable, Re, remarkable, meaning I am able to go back and mark this. There's a scripture in the in the King James Version, Psalms 37, 37, and it says, mark, this is just what it says in the King James Version, mark the perfect man or woman and behold the upright for the end of that person is shalom. I, I want a remarkable man, a man who you go back and mark Probably the greatest picture of this is Job, where God looks at his walk as being so remarkable that he tells the devil, did you mark my man Job? Some of you may not realize, but, and as uh, Pastor Chandler said this uh, a couple of weeks ago, and, and, and I remember the Lord putting this on my heart, that some of you, the only reason you're going through what you're going through is because there was a discussion about you that you were not a part of. Some of you need to understand that, and I hate to use this word, but God is God has placed a bet on you that you won't turn your back on him no matter what you're going through. He is... He has made, if I could use this expression, he has made a bet with the devil. Basically saying, no matter what you hurl at this person, they will love me because you think they love me for the blessings. But I'm, I'm here to prove to you that they love me even during times of bitterness. And God is counting on you to show that his grace is enough. Some of us really need to, and, and, and I know we can go through some deep waters, so please. But some of us, we need to stop whining about what we're going through and understand, like, like the apostles saying, Wow, God, you, you placed a bet on me. You, you, you basically bragged about my faith to the devil. You bragged about my faith to heaven saying, look at my boy. Look how they lost his job, but he still trusts me. Look how they went through the sickness, but they're still praising me. Look how they lost loved ones, but they're still glorifying me. Look at them, that they, that, that they are still praising me. When everybody turns back because they no longer get the blessing, this person is remarkable. They're a, they make me marvel. They make me marvel. That's a Marvel character. They're, they're not ordinary in their faith. They're extraordinary. And then this, this is, when you get around my age, this is what you want. This word Marvel comes from an old French word. It means 
legendary. Legendary. Some of you hear me talk about my mother-in-law and hear me talk about Mother Watson and how these women were legendary in their prayer lives. Talk about Deacon Cummings and my dad and, and my mom and mom Cummings and many of the older saints or, and some of, the, some of the names on these plates that you may like, well, I don't even know who these are, but these, some of these people are legends. They're legends. And, and when I, and when I die, there's nothing wrong with wanting to be legendary. Some of you, some of us, we want to live a life that's just ordinary. I, I had this conversation with my wife last week, and uh, you may find it love this. Yeah, last week we were on vacation, and you may find wow that it's kind of a depressing thing to ask your wife <laughs> why you're in sunny Miami, you decide to ask this question. But I, I asked this question. I said, Carmen, if I die, I wonder who would miss me. And that's the question. Who would miss you if you died? I mean, we're all going to be replaced. But who would miss you? Would your significance be like a like a a college professor once said to an individual, your life is this significant if you know, put your finger in a glass of water and the hole that's left will let you know how significant you've been. Ponder that. Who whose life have you affected? That someone who says that there's a space empty. A lot. He's been pa- he's passed away now for almost two years, I guess, and yet people still miss Deacon Cummings in that pew. Not because he sat in the pew, but because he was a Marvel super character. And the only way we become that kind of character is not trying to impress people. It is it is being a believer. I'm not talking about a Christian because there's a lot of Christians who are insignificant. I'm talking about a person who believes God. Mm. The last definition that I want to zero in on. The word marvel means a surprise. There are very few times when Jesus was surprised. He was surprised when this woman who had an issue of blood grabbed her in the midst of a crowd, grabbed him, his clothes in the midst of a crowd, and he said, Somebody touched me. And they're like, 
Everybody, come on, man. This, I mean, you're a rock star. There's people all over you and touching you and bumping into you. He said, no, no, someone made a demand. Blind Bartimaeus, the Bible said, when, G, when he said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me, the Bible says that he stopped. Jesus stood still. This Roman centurion, a number of times when people had faith, the, 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 four, the crew who tore a roof and tore a hole in a roof and dropped their friend down, then Jesus being surprised at their faith. And the word surprise means simply unexpected. This is the season where I believe God is saying to us, like the Roman, look, you've been steeped in idolatry. You have little idols in your house worshiping. Not only do you have the big dog, which is Jupiter, and, you know, Mars, the god of, of, uh, of war, and you have, a, you have a God for everything, but you even have your own household God. And yet with all of this, I am surprised that you not simply have faith in me, but you have greater faith than people who were raised in this thing called the Jewish religion. You're not supposed to have this kind of faith. Jesus was amazed. He was surprised. And this is my point. I told you I wouldn't be long. But the Lord asked me. He says, each one of us are a Marvel character. And the one thing we know about Marvel characters is that they all have some kind of supernatural power. And each one of us in this room, if we ask Christ to come into our lives, we all have a supernatural gift. Super simply means above. And the question that I want to ask each and every one of us is this. Am I using my supernatural spiritual gift for God? Another question, am I living my life on mission to bring in the harvest? I was getting text messages like crazy regarding Tuesday night living life on mission. Heard it was amazing. But God doesn't want us to, this series, Living Life on Mission, it's not about us hero worshiping and saying, Wow, you know, someday I can be that. No. These individuals are being brought in as allowing us to understand that the kingdom of God is at hand, that that lifestyle is within reach, that all we have to do is simply be believers. Believers, you got to want something more than just a new car. 
You don't need God for a new car. <laughs> Some of you say, I do. That's for sure. <laughs> you haven't seen my finances. <laughs> but if you got a new car, people will say, you got a new car. If you got a new house, people will say, you got a new house. You got into certain school. People say you got into that school. But if God starts using you to bring people to Christ, to heal the sick, to, to supernaturally see lives change, then people would say, that's not you, that's God. And God needs us to put ourselves in a position where the only one who can do it and will get the credit for it is God. <sighs> and here's the question I want to ask. Are we using our faith, the faith that God gave us? Are we using our faith right now? Romans chapter 12, verse 3 says, God has given to every man a measure of faith. So here's the question I want to ask us. What are we going to do during this consecration that will make Jesus marvel? What what will we do this three weeks that will make Jesus say, Well, I didn't see that coming? See, as a congregation, many of you know that during the week of Holy Week, Holy Week, for those of you who may not realize it, is between Palm Sunday and Easter. So on the Tuesday of Holy Week, 6 a.m. until 1 o'clock in the morning, on Saturday, we are going to have the church open 91 hours straight in which people can come and go to be in the presence of the Lord. And I said to the Lord, because that, as you know, we, we have everything that we do on the church calendar. So it wasn't on the calendar. It wasn't in the budget. It wasn't planned. And therefore, it is our way of saying to God, God, I bet you didn't see that one coming. Now we know God knows everything. But based on our history, we have never done anything like this before. And I believe God is saying, I'm... I marvel at Pentecostal Tabernacle's faith. I, they took me by surprise. For a church to say, we're going to stay open for 91 hours straight, one hour for every year we've been in existence, I'm surprised. And I believe God is going to say, because of that, I am going to respond 
to extraordinary faith with extraordinary manifestations. So now I'm beginning to really, I'm asking God, God, how can I walk regularly now as a Marvel character, as one who has extraordinary faith? How can I now stop? And, and, and so this is what I want you to do before the, the, let the I'll let the Sunday school students go in two minutes, but I want you to get this. I am now trying to, to, to bake into my life, bake into my walk, that every day I have a kingdom assignment. I'm trying to bake. Do, during these three weeks, they say if you do something 21 days in a row, it becomes a habit. I'm trying to bake into my life who am I supposed to touch today? My wife and I, we were at dinner at uh, this restaurant. We went to one restaurant. It was closed. We went to another restaurant. We sat there. We said, ah, this isn't the place. Then we went to the restaurant whose people said, no, you can't go there because that restaurant's a real good restaurant and it uh, you have to have reservations. So we were in the vicinity and we decided, well, let's go there. And when we got there, when it opened, I said, I, we were told that you had to have uh, reservations. And they said, no, no, you just come in. So we were having dinner and and this woman, uh, she's serving us, and she's from Italy, young lady. And we were talking and sharing, and then she says, I said, what do you like about here? Because you used to live in New York, I live in Italy. And she said, well, I like going on the beach. And when I go on the beach, I meditate. So Holy Spirit said, do you hear that word? She meditates. So I said, well, what do you meditate on? You know, are you uh, go to church? Do you? And she started talking about, you know, whatever. I can't even remember. It was just. But, but, but what I saw in her is that she was seeking something. So I said to her, you know what? I tell you, phones are wonderful. I say, you know what? Uh, God has a plan for your life. And then I brought out Jeremiah 29, verse 11. Let her read it. And now she's more interested. And I said, you know what? This is what I'm going to do. I said, there's a book called The Purpose Driven Life. And it is a book that will tell you about God's plan for your life. And we're going to, I'm going to mail you a brand new copy. Do you like soft or hardcover? She said, I love hardcover. And so we just, you know, we got back to the room, went to Amazon and boof and sent it off to her. And I'm going to 
write her again. She gave me her address and everything. And my, my point is, is that that's living life on mission. That we weren't just going out for dinner. We were going out for an assignment. Are you ready to live your life that way? Let's bow our heads. We'll let the Sunday school students and teachers go. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We met a young lady at the front desk. We're talking to her, and all of a sudden, she says, I said, what's your name? She says, my name's Nicole. I said, your name's Nicole? That's my daughter's middle name. Do you know what your name means? She says, no, I don't. I said, your name is similar to Nike. She's like, really? And then I have a book in my uh, phone that we use for Blessing Generations. And I... I copied it out on a pages format, and she saw it, and her eyes lit up. And I said, hey, you can email this to yourself so you know what your name means. And then we connected, and my wife and I will probably write her and say, hey, no. No, many of you, you go on vacation and, the, and you find yourself connecting with people, whether it's somebody at a restaurant or someone at the beach or someone on a ride. You're, Lord knows, you know, if you're at Disney and you're, in a, you're waiting in a line for 45 minutes, talk to somebody, folks. I mean, <laughs> you might as well make it work your while. But there's so many opportunities for us to simply. Tell people about Jesus. I believe that if we stop living a life that is marvelous, that we will see God doing extraordinary things. I want to challenge you. Today's the last day that we're going to keep open the, there's a sign up for the 91 uh, hour watch before the Lord. And I know some people may be on spring break and I, I get that. But what are you going to do? that will make God say, wow, I didn't expect that out of the family. Some of you 
during that 91 hours, you may have the opportunity to actually bring your whole family before the Lord. Some of you may never have been to 6 a.m. prayer. What are you going to do that will make God say, I didn't expect, I didn't expect them to do that. Some of you never been on a, out on a Tuesday night. We have, we have Living Life on Mission, some incredible speakers. Come out one of those nights so that God could say, wow, I didn't expect that. What are you going to give of your time and talent and treasure where God will say, hmm, I didn't expect that. My wife and I were talking, so what can we do, honey, that will surprise God? Because we're always asking God for surprises. How about for once, let's say to God, God, I want to surprise you. I want to do something, this consecration that you didn't expect. I want to do something that will, that will bless your heart. I, I want to. How many of you work with people who, when you walk in their office, they have this pitiful-looking drawing on the walls, this ridiculous-looking drawing on the door? It looks like scribble. It looks like a mess. And yet you with pride. That was my granddaughter. That was my son. That was my good. Thing is, a hot mess. But you're taking pride in it. Because that person, that child, did it for you. I want to do something these three weeks that God says, look at what Brian did for me. Look at what Eric did for me. Look at what Valerie, look what Masato did for me. Look, they normally don't do this. I want to do something that God goes all, God goes all over. I know God is everywhere. Please indulge me. I want to do something that causes God to go all over the heaven like, can you believe they did that for me? Pentecostal Tabernacle, they open their church for 91 hours straight just to be with me. Now, if I were God, I mean, if I were God, and a church said, I'm going to open my, I'm going to open doors for 91 hours straight just for you. I think even if I didn't like you, I would show up. I can imagine an angel say, you mean we could come by at three in the morning and the doors would be open? Yes, that's what they told me. <laughs> Wait a minute. You mean that we can come like anytime? That's what they said. God, are you sure? 91 hours straight? Like anytime? Yes, that's what they said. And the angels are probably saying, this I got to see. 
which means they're going to show up. And I don't know about you, but when there's a visitation, I ain't going to miss it. How about you? Hallelujah, Jesus. Let's just spend about two minutes just worshiping him. Oh, yes, Lord Jesus. I'm a marvel character, Lord. I'm a marvel character. This is my season to surprise you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can we worship the Lord? This is my season. Not fasting for breakthrough and fasting for, yeah, that's fine. But this is my season to surprise you, to do something that you don't expect me to do. I'm going to do something that's an outlier. I'm going to fast in a way that I didn't fast before. I'm going to give in a way that I didn't give before. Lord, I usually don't volunteer to, to, to serve during this Easter service. But you know what? I'm going to volunteer. Lord, I usually don't lead stuff when it comes to prayer. But you know what? I'm going to lead. Lord, I'm going to do something that I haven't done before because I want to surprise you. I want to surprise you. I know I can't naturally surprise you, but I want to do something that heaven did not expect me to do. <laughs> and I want to do something that hell did not expect me to do. Hell did not expect me to give like this, even though I have a need. Hell didn't expect me to worship you like I'm worshiping you in the middle of my situation. Oh, hell was not expect. I want to do something that shocks the hell out of the devil. <laughs> oh, yes, I do. Oh, yes, I do. I want, I want, I want hell to be shocked that I stayed up, that I, that I showed up at church at two o'clock in the morning that week to spend time with God. I, I want to shock. I want to do something to, to surprise heaven and hell. I want demons to say, I didn't see that coming. Usually when we do this, they get depressed. Usually when they do this, they throw in the towel. I did not see them praising you, praising God in the midst of what they went through. I, I did not see that coming. Thank you, Holy Spirit. If you're here and you're saying to yourself, you sense, you sense the Holy Spirit is saying to you, I need you to surprise me. If you're sensing that this, this consecration has to be different for me and God, if that's, if, if that's you and you're saying, somehow, some way, I'm going to surprise God. This is between you and God. But, but if you're sensing that calling, I want you to stand right where you are and I want to pray with you that that God and I'm going to close my eyes so that way I'm not even seeing who's standing up because this is between you and God. But I know me and my wife, we, we were talking about this like, okay, come we got to we got to step up and do something different. And and I share with my wife some of the things that we're going to do and 
her eyes bugged out a little bit, and that's good. That means if it surprised you, then it certainly surprised God. <laughs> but Lord, I thank you, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah.